there's a person in God's word that got in trouble because he was speaking the name of Jesus. He was telling people about Jesus. And this Roman emperor said, I don't like what you're doing, Domitian. He said, you know what? Matter of fact, I'm going to put you on an island way out in the water. And so, I mean, this little island um, was six miles by six miles wide. And um, so it's not very big. It was a volcanic area, lots of rocks, not many trees. Um, I don't think it's very fun. Now, today, as I looked it up, it looks great. You know, there's different places to go swimming. There's little different places there to kind of, you know, enjoy. It wasn't like that. When they dropped him off, said, okay, and this is prison for you. And so back in AD 95, there was no, we'll keep the light on for you. All right. It was flat out, you know, find a cave, hunker down, and hope for the best. And so, um, have you ever read the book of Revelation? Have you ever read it before? I've spent probably the last five or six years, um, every morning I get up, and that's where I start. I read one chapter um, every day for the past five or six years. I just read one chapter. Just, just to, that's kind of my jump start. I got my cup of coffee. <clears throat> chapter one. All right, I start praying. All right, all right, here we go. And that's like my jump start for the day. And so i um, been loving that for years. And so um, I thought maybe we would dive in and be able to see what God's Word might have to say uh, for even today. Um, Revelation, A.D. 95. How can something written back in A.D. 95 have anything applicable for 2018? How can that be? Um, Do you start reading it thinking, okay, I'm not real sure what's this talking about. I'm not real sure exactly what's going on here. So I'm not even sure how long it's going to take us to get through Revelation. It could take us five years, six years, I'm not real sure. And so we're going to take it one step at a time. And um, usually, you know, a pastor will kind of sit down and kind of plan his thoughts out, you know, where we're headed. Um, I haven't done so. And so we're going to sit down each week and see where the Lord leads through the book of Revelation. And so right now, we're going to just kind of get our feet wet. And, um, you know, when I take trips... And, of course, now we're getting older. It's just me and the wife. And, of course, you know, Hunter's on his own now. He's got his own little speed car. He does what he wants to do. But, but um, there's just me and her now. But back in the day when the kids were in the car, I don't care if I had the Durango or what it was, I would create contraptions to put in there so a TV would fit between the seat so that they could plug in some type of an apparatus so they could plug their Xbox in or their, or their, their PS2, whatever they had to plug it in because we wanted to make sure they had plenty of equipment on that 12-hour trip going south, right? Because you didn't want to hear, you didn't want to hear every five minutes, when, 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 right? Right? Yeah, we there yet? And our answer was, oh, well, that's about 20 Barneys from now, 20 Barneys, back when the kids were, you know, 20 Barneys, and you're going, Barney, Barney, 30 minutes, okay. And so you're thinking, what, what? And so, you know, and you look and you start reading and you're thinking, how in the world did John write this down? I mean, he was chosen to write this down. Matter of fact, on the Lord's Day, it says, he got this revelation, and he was in the Spirit, and how all that works, 
I don't know. All I know is he was seeing things and he was experiencing things that he was trying to write down. And have you ever tried to write something down? And I remember I was in English class. The teacher said, just, just write. What do you mean just write? Just write. What do you mean? Just, just write. I'm like, all right, a pencil. A pencil. I start about a pencil. I'd write about a speaker. I'd write about a person. Or I'd just, just, just write. And so he's writing about what he's seen, and he's trying to give you the best details he can and so in the English language, of course, for us it's English language, back then he was doing it in the Greek language, so he's trying to give this information to us that the Lord is pouring into him. And so um, it's very interesting, is it not? Is the book, is it an interesting book? It's very interesting. Now, as we approach this book, um, I want you to realize that I have some presuppositions. You're thinking, okay, what does that mean? I have some things that I approach this book with and that kind of gives me a framework of how I approach it personally. You may not approach it this way, but I do. My presupposition is this, that God is real. Okay? God's real. That's a presupposition. Um, number two, that Satan is a fallen angel, and he's real. All right? Some people don't believe in, in those two things. They just believe that there's a power out that somehow just got it going, and it's just kind of rolling along. And um, the man upstairs, or whoever they might kind of, or whatever. I, there's a, there, to me, there's a God. To me, there's Satan. To me, there is a heaven. There is a hell. Okay, some people don't believe that. Um, I'm having a real hard time when I read through Revelation, and I've been writing things down over years, just kind of, I'm making like a little list of things that will happen to those who don't know the Lord. I don't like that list. It's kind of like the, the, the dirty list. And the, the list is growing, and I don't like what it says. And so I'm just wondering, how can the Lord allow all the things that are going to happen in the book to happen? Does that make sense? I mean, how could a loving God do that? We're going to get there one day as we talk about certain things. Um, but my other presuppositions are this, is that Jesus came to earth, he died on the cross, and he rose again. Jesus is God, and he's coming again real soon. Is that a presupposition? It is. What do you believe? What are your thinking? What are your thoughts? Everything we need to know about life and the hereafter is inside this book. It's in here. I remember telling the youth months ago, I said, okay, um, you want to change the atmosphere? You want to change the atmosphere of where you are? Just carry this book. Carry it in school. And just sit down at lunch and put it right there next to me. Just see what happens as far as the conversation, the people, or whatever. The first thing I do when I go to work now is I get my phone out. And I put my music on. and get the coffee going. And it's playing music. It's worship music at the beginning. Later on, I change different things. But it's, and then when the drivers start coming in, you can tell the ones that want to hear it and who don't. They're like, whoa. 
Right? I mean, it sets the tone. And so when John the Revelator was doing these things and starting to speak the Word of God um, and starting to vocalize it, because he was doing what the Lord told him to do. Did he not? Um, Did I have a picture of of Patmos? This is a great place to go. Um, Matter of fact, if you see here on the map, uh, Patmos is a real small island just west of Asia Minor. And so it's over here, um, right here in the sea. And so now when you read Revelation, I want you to realize that where John is in retrospect, as far as where Rome is, okay, and where the Euphrates River is, and where Babylon is. So he's right here in the water. And here's an aerial picture of the island that you might like to go visit someday. And um, that's it. Dropped you off and said, there you are. (laughs) There, you've been speaking about Jesus. There you go. Take that. Matter of fact, here's a kind of a coastal view, kind of a pretty view here at the coast. And uh, that's pretty nice, I thought. You know, give me a tent and some food. I'd be good to go for a few days. But to live there? I don't think so. Um, I'm good. But he was banished there in 95 A.D. Where you end up in eternity depends upon one word. Where you will end up in eternity depends on one word. One word, one, it's relationship. Relationship. Why in the world would Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, allow John to have this revelation? Now, the book is called Revelation. You've heard someone say Revelations? No, it's Revelation. The apocalypse. It's an unveiling, a systematic disclosure of the final end time judgments of God. It's like drawing back. It's it's like a veil has been drawn back and John is viewing the end times. That's crazy. That really is crazy. John is viewing this and the book The whole concept of the book is burdened with the concept of judgment. Matter of fact, there are numerous accounts of the number seven. There are seven churches, seven candlesticks, seven stars, seven spirits, seven seals, seven thunders, seven crowns, seven kings, seven trumpets, seven bowls, seven heads, seven hills. You ever notice that? Seven, 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 seven. That's a perfect number. He's viewing all of this. I love when you get that part of that, the woman on the beast thing and all that. It, it's, I, I, and then all, it gets toward 19, 20, 20. Oh, and then it's, it starts really kicking in. It, it's a great book. The Revelation, verse 1, of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. That's been over... 2,000 years ago since he wrote that down. You're thinking, soon? How can that be soon? i never forget when I worked as a woodworker in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I kept telling the boss, he's coming, he's coming. He goes, eh, that's been 2,000 years ago. He is not coming. He said it, but I don't believe it. How can that be? 
He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what's written, because the time is near. This book is full of prophecy. It's jam-packed with prophecy. Matter of fact, as I was reading in my quiet time today, and as the fire was going, just reading, I kept bumping in to stuff that kept talking about the end times. I, I was reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and what did it say? Here's a list of those who won't make it in. I'm like, <laughs> then I, I, went over, I went over to Luke 12, and then it starts talking about this guy who's been putting things away and storing up, and the Lord's like, you foolish guy, tonight your life's going to be taken from... I'm thinking, it always keeps pointing where? To the end. I know I'm getting older, and I know I had a life altercation a couple weeks ago, and it just seems like, you know, life's pretty short. It's really short, super short. Um, matter of fact, there's 318 references in the New Testament that reflect and talk about the end times. Matter of fact, the Lord himself wants you to know what's going to happen. Remember that prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will, wait, stop. Thy kingdom come, guess what? That's revelation. Thy kingdom come, Thy, when he steps down, I'm telling you, when he comes down, it's going to happen. All these things are going to happen. Now, let me tell you something. My other predisposition is this, is I truly believe that we, the church, those who believe in him, will be raptured and taken away before all this judgment stuff happens. Those seven years of tribulation and all that, and all that stuff, I truly, I'm out of here. Okay, and I'll give you some things later on to kind of prove that, whatever. I'm not going to be doing any kind of text proofing. But I, I don't believe that I'm going to what? Be involved. Why would the Lord want me in the middle of all that? Now, there will be those who will be saved during that time. It's going to be very difficult, right? There's going to be babies born, right? Life's going to be going on, right? It's going to be very difficult. We'll get there and talk about that later on. But think about that. I mean, I truly believe we're going to be gone and things will be happening. And then this thing just sets in motion. All these things are going to transpire that John wrote down that he is here, that we can read it so that we might have understanding. And when I get that part where it says, and the number of the beast was 666. If you have wisdom, calculate that. I'm thinking, calculate? What do you mean? Right? You're thinking, what? And I sit for hours thinking, what? And then you get all the different, all the different Hebrew letters or Greek letters, and they mean a different number, and you're adding things together. I'm, I don't know. I don't get into it. But you know what I do know? That these things are going to transpire, and that if you know Him, you're going to be on the right side of the stick with Him. You're going to have your own horse riding right behind Him on His nice, wonderful white horse. He's going to have that robe dipped in blood with that. We're going to get there. 
All right, it's, it's amazing what we're going to see in this book because a very basic outline might be chapter 1, the glory of Christ. Chapter 2 and 3, the grace of Christ. Or 4 through 22, the government of Christ. Did you know that he has his own government? And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And whenever the Father says, it's going to happen. It's amazing what the Lord's going to be doing. The book is full of last things. It explains the final victory over all the forces of evil. The original audience was those seven churches that were all around Asia Minor. We'll get there and talk about that here in a few weeks. Those letters that were written to the churches. Matter of fact, what would it be like if a letter came to our church from the Lord? Dear Richard, I have noticed, what would he write down? Maybe you want to write yourself and think, Pastor Lord, what would you say, Lord, to Red Church? <laughs> Let me know what he says. The purpose of Revelation is to, it was indicated in Revelation 1.1, it was to reveal what must shortly come to pass. He wanted to, matter of fact, that word shortly, has to do with speed, yeah? It does. It has to do with TMS. It has to do with the text of more speed. It has to do with speed, like it's coming rapidly upon us. Did you realize that it could be tonight? It could be next minute? Oh, I've heard that from every preacher from here till whenever. You know, Jesus said it, and Paul said it, and Pliny said it, and everybody else, all these guys have said it. But I, as in the days of Noah, they were getting married and joining, joining this, that, and the other. It will happen, right? I believe it will. I truly believe that it will. What will happen? When will it happen? Eternity, the hereafter. Where do we go when we die? Do we live again? Where will you end up? The writer of the book, John, was led by the Holy Spirit, who really was the author of the book. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit guided John through five books. Did you know that John wrote five books of the gospel? He wrote... St. John, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. He wrote John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. You know those books? And he wrote Revelation. That's five books that he wrote. That's pretty good, right? Have you ever just kind of sat down and read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John? Read them slow. John Mark. It's all about relationship. So how does this work? The Lord point out this to John. Why did he pick John? I think it's because in the book of John, when John talks about himself, he says in 1323, he says, one of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him, the one who Jesus loved. I mean, there must have been a pretty good bond between him and Jesus. You know what that tells me? 
John really, really, really wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. I wonder if we're really interested in what Jesus has to say. I mean, think about it. Everything you need to know is right here. So how much time do we really spend inside this book? Well, you know, Pastor, I got the app. It gives me a verse today, and, and I read that, and then I'm on my way. Well, praise God. That's good. Would you ever thought about maybe reading two verses? Paragraph? Chapter. Ha-ha. Woo! 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 I wish Caden was here today. You know Caden? How old is he? Ten? Nine. Ten? Ten? Eleven? Ten? Nine? When he comes back, because right now he's out enjoying time with family. You know what he did this year? You know what Caden did this year? He read the Bible through all the way through. Don't tell me you ain't got time. Don't tell me you ain't. If a 10-year-old can do it, you can do it. Why? Because he likes to know about things. Dad, did you see? He goes, yeah, man, pretty good. And it had a little thing going on, him and his dad. They had a little, little battle. Well, I'm over here, Dad. Oh, I'm a little bit behind. Then he'd drink, oh, I'm over here. Go, oh, I'm behind. They had this little race. See, however it works. But in all reality, you think about it, don't you want to know him? You're going to spend eternity with him, right? Why not get to know who he is? Why not? I heard this morning that he loves me. I heard this morning that he didn't like some things I was doing. I heard this morning that, that he was really upset with this king. Because he was seeking Beelzebub. He wouldn't talk to the, to the prophet. He would. I learned this morning that, you see what I'm saying? Every day is a new day. I'm like, wow. I read it before, but I didn't realize that. And so God wants us to realize that he is coming. That is the keynote verse for this book, Revelation 1-7. He is coming. He said it six times in the book. He said, I will come. I will soon come to you. I am coming soon. I am coming soon. Look, I'm coming soon. And then 2220, he says, yes, yes, I'm coming soon. I like that. It's like then he goes, yes. It's kind of like, it's like you keep asking, when? He's like, yes, I'm coming. Is he really? Yes. Is he but yet? Yes. Yes. I know what you're thinking. Yes. <laughs> he loves to be talked about. He loves to talk. He loves to hear. Oh, John. John spoke so much, he got in trouble for it. And he got put on this island. And Jesus said, I'm going to, you know what? I can trust you. I can trust you because I spent three and a half years with you. And I know every day you get up, you, you talk with me. 
And a matter of fact, John pastored a church in Ephesus. God could trust in him. You know, how's your relationship with Jesus going? How's it going? You and Jesus. Because you know what? It's just you and Jesus when you leave here. It's just you and him. That's it. I won't be there with you. I mean, when you're there in front of the throne talking with Jesus, I'll be like, next in line, okay, go. <laughs> it's your turn, <laughs> right? You ever seen that Heaven's Gates Hell's Plane? We got to have it here at our church. They come in and they help us. We, we become the production. We, and, it's, and then there's, there's this scene of, it, it's kind of real crazy. And, and, and there's this guy, he has his little lunch pail, his name's Butch. And he's up on this thing, and, and, he, and he falls off a high, he, he, he works on the high, you know, scaffold building, and he falls off, and he gets killed, so now he's in heaven. But, you know, and so, they're looking in the books, and the guy goes and says, the landsman goes, Butch, he goes, Butch, it's me, he gets to go to heaven, he goes, Butch, Butch, oh my gosh. Butch, he goes, Butch, 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 and he gets to talk to Jesus face to face. It was just Butch and the Lord. That was it. And the angels went, and he went right on in. Yay! Way to go, Butch! Because he just accepted Jesus before he fell off the thing for lunch. He was a little much box. Oh, oh, I accept Jesus. Amen. Oh, he fell. And he was in heaven. He's like, he goes, it's probably, the, they could have had a hard time. It's probably the new arrivals. Oh, here it is. He just, just got rode in. Come on in, you know. <laughs> it was awesome. Think about it. Think about it. Your neighbor. Is their name in the you know there's a cost involved in following Jesus? Did you know that? For John, it was, you're banished to the island. That's, that's where you're going to go because you spoke the name of Jesus. That is where you're headed, John. Rome was to the west. Palestine, Euphrates River, they were to the east. The Roman emperor put him there because why? Because he was writing the word of God and he was speaking about Jesus, the testimony. That's why he went there. Did you know that there's, there's a cost involved? Did you know that the Lord said that you must deny self, pick up your cross, follow me. What does that mean? See, John realized that means all of my aspirations, everything that I ever want to do, all the things I want to collect. <laughs> you like collecting things? Like that, those green dots. Those things when they come in multiples of ones, tens, twenties, hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hundreds are going to get kind of scary. Right? Right? Remember when you first got 2021? 
minute with this man. Right? I always sit on my boys like one's like, ooh, I'm like, ooh. Couple months there. Five months go, ooh, oh, let's go. It, it comes and goes. Denying all that. Matter of fact, I don't like this part. He, he says, he says that I must be number one. He says, matter of fact, you must hate your family. I'm going, what? Your mother, your brothers, your sisters, your children. What are you talking about? What he's saying is this: if I can't be number one, then it ain't good enough. That means. You get up each day, it's Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. What's the first thing on your mind when you get up? Uh, is it cream of wheat and toast? That's what it was when I was a kid in, in Michigan. Where's my cream of wheat and toast, Mama? I want it now. Right? And sugar on top, too. Stirred in there a little bit. What are you talking about? Look at me all holy. You did that, too, with cream of wheat. <laughs> you did. I'm going to have cream of wheat in heaven. Yeah, I am. Stir it up there. Me and Paul. Go ahead, Paul, lecture some more. That's a, that was a good one. That was a good That was good. He's going to lecture on the all about, about, about man, Paul. It's about him. He says, the carry the cross thing, I don't believe that's like the things we got to do each day. I think it's our relationship with him. You have to, every day, Work on your relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. Every day I get up, I got to work on my relationship with my wife. Every day. She drives me crazy sometimes. Did you know that? And I drive her crazy. She, she puts things a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like, like my glasses are like this. No, I, I have them like this. She puts them like that. No. And when she does it, she touches it. And now I got a big print on my, all right, right? Right? It, I'm going, what? I put it right here. This is my shelf. Yeah, but I was cleaning. Yeah, I knew because it's like that now, and there's a thumbprint on it. I can see that you touched my glasses. I don't like that. I don't like that. Right? Don't look at me. Come on, you're living together, right? It's two, pe- it's two people, two people working together trying to work it out, right? Yeah, it ain't the easiest thing in the world, right? It's not. It's not. But you know what? It's so much. We just laugh. I'm like, are you kidding me? Let's go eat. Yeah, let's go eat. Let's go. Come on. Get in the car. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Let's go eat. And always better, right? It's always better for guys. Let's go eat. Let's just go eat. You see, Jesus wants to be number one. He does. Matter of fact, who builds a tower? without first sitting down and estimating the cost to see if there's enough money to complete it. Do you do that? We haven't really, have we really, have we really, you know, John realized what it's going to cost him. He goes, you know what, it may cost me my life, but I'm going to tell someone about Jesus. And he did it, and he got in trouble. Is God first in our money? in our job? Is God first in our family? You know what? Is God first in our church? This ought to be the most beautiful building. Everybody here ought to be the most, most beautiful people and clothed people because we take care of each other. Because why? We're the family of God. 
right? When I was sick and I came home, I had meals for a week. I had stuff in my refrigerator jammed in there. Why? Because we love each other, right? We're the family of God. It ought to be the most incredible environment to be in. What? The family of God. Why? Because all the resources are here. He's giving you what you got for the resources so that what? The body of Christ can be built up and encouraged and move on. This ought to be the most incredible thing on planet Earth. Right? Or is it just a wimpy little kingdom? <laughs> That's not what I'm getting. Have you read the end of it? Well, yeah, you're going, okay, I know you're headed with this thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it too. It hits me. Where's my priority? Yeah, I know. Are you putting God first? As a matter of fact, how much does following Christ as a disciple, what's it cost you? Everything. <laughs> Ouch. Everything. Following Jesus means he directs my life. I give up all my rights to do what I want to do. Instead, I give him the right to do what he wants me with my life. Remember that song you sang back when you were youth? I'll go where you want me to go. Remember I said, don't sing it if you don't know my name. Right? That's why sometimes I go, where's my name? You ain't singing yet. You ain't singing that one. Right? I ain't doing that one. Go ahead, brother. Woo, good. Well, did you hear that, Jesus? That's what he did. I didn't say that. Right? I'm telling you. We must love him more, surrender our very lives, put to death our own goals, dreams, and possessions. You know what, though? The Lord puts things in our lives for a reason. Why? Because we have an assignment. John had an assignment. What was John's assignment? heard, and he wrote so that I could read my Bible and interact with God Almighty. Thank God for that. My dad spent the past 30 years writing stuff in private for third world countries that you guys would never never see. 30 years of his life given to people who that he would never see until he gets there. They're carrying things in backpacks from hut to hut. They're pastors of a, of a hut church. What's a hut church? It's mud and brick and dirt. And the pastor comes in. He has five churches. He comes in. Praise God. It's awesome. When they're doing Spanish, whatever their, you know, language they got. Let's just, and he's got notes. And my dad typed up and things. He's working through things. He's working the Bible. He's learning. He's going, hey, and he's, he's preaching. Because dad gave him something to be able to help him. Because they don't have universities going from hut to hut. <laughs> right? They got the hut in the backpack. Dad had an assignment. Wasn't glorious, but he did it. What's your assignment? You know, somebody needs you today. Uh-oh, here we go. This is getting good right here. Give me a few minutes, will you? We'll finish up here. You get rewarded according to your problems you solve. Did you know you're created to solve a problem? Did you know that? John 
was created to solve problems. And he did it. You're absolutely perfect. Why do I say that? Because some of you don't think that you're, you, 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 you have low self-esteem. I, I, I can't, I, I, I can never tell anybody about Jesus because I, I really don't know. You know, I, I did the little app thing. I, that's all I know is, you know, Jesus wept. That's all I don't know. You know, that's all I know. It was a quick one today. <laughs> but, now, grace, I'm going to go to grace because she helps me because she reads my chat and stuff. Right? Help me. But, right? And so, but she's perfect. We're perfect. You're perfect. You're perfect. You're perfect. You're perfect. You need to hear that. You're perfect. Because why? You're perfect. Jesus made you. And what Jesus makes, woo, he's like, I got this one, man. Hold on. We're over there and get that dirt together. Woo. Ha, ha, yeah, baby. Now, what you do with what you got, oh, that's another problem. Right? Humanity, depravity, right? That's a problem. Nah, that's a problem, right? It's not feeling good, right? Yeah, you're feeling good, all right, because God gave you breath. You got an assignment. What you gonna do with it? Somebody needs exactly what you have been given by God. What you've been given, somebody else needs. Someone is literally dying emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, waiting for you to come along and rescue them. Did you get that? Someone's dying, and you had the answer. John had the answer. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to write it down. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I'm going to write it down. And we're going to investigate that. We're going to look behind the veil a little bit and go, oh, maybe what's that? Yeah, I like that. When you discover to whom you've been assigned, you'll experience great peace, fulfillment, provision. You discover this by looking for opportunities to heal, strengthen, and bless. Are you looking for opportunities to heal and bless someone? Or are you just doing the nine to five, can't wait to get home, eat dinner, go to bed thing? Right? You got to look for it. I cannot wait every day that I go to postcard area, postal. You're like, who? those are packages that, that you won't pick up. We're so tired. Please come get your stuff. It's in this area just full of packages that no one's claimed. Would you please come get your junk? And I go in there, and Shirley's in there. Mm, Shirley is something. She's been through some classes at church, and she's trying to come right now. Woo, and she is on fire. I cannot wait to get the postcard. I knock on that door. <laughs> Come on in, Jay. What you got today? Man, she's all over it. Do you know, Jay, I was learning about the covenant. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, pour it in my tell me. She's like, woo, and the pastor was preaching on Sunday. Talking about the waters are moving. I'm like, woo, glory to God. We're in the postcard room having a good time. Then I got to go. So, well, sure, I got to go. I can take a little bit of this. Yeah, sure. 
mm, I know that's right. Because I got to go over here and open the door and get the people coming in get their packages. You know, I said, oh, you have a good time telling people about Jesus. Okay, James, you got it today. You see, you got an assignment. Yeah, I dispatch. Yeah, I got boxes. Yeah, I've got this. Yeah, I've got problems. <laughs> but there's somebody that day who needs me because I got Jesus. Are you looking? What you love most is the clue to your assignment. Huh. You guys are going to TMS with your cars, race around the track. I cannot wait. Give me 20 bucks. Maybe it's because you're supposed to be a race car driver and carry the gospel around the track. Have you ever noticed how many camper things go to visit TMS? Maybe you're supposed to go around with a little cart. Talk to people like that. Because you like that kind of passion. I don't know. But that may be you. Right? Go get him. Go get him. I have no idea why you like to risk. I don't know. Just go have fun. Be safe. What you hate is a clue to something you're assigned to correct. <laughs> you know what? You cannot change what you tolerate. That's a good little tip for the parents today. Oops. Keep moving on. What grieves you is a sign, a clue, something that you're assigned to, to heal. Your assignment may even be what? Geographical, meaning like a place, like, yeah, you got that. So you know what? John had an assignment. But here's the blockage, and we'll get out of here. Here's the block. What blocks us from doing what John did? As we investigate and realize that John was given this revelation, he wrote it down so that we might be able to read it and understand, so that we might understand what God's like and understand what he wants us to do, to realize that there is an assignment that everybody has, and I must fulfill my destiny. What is it? Why is I get blocked? You know what the big blockage is? It's called fear. Anybody ever get fearful? Yeah. I'm scared because then they may not like me. Well, I'm scared because how they're going to know me. I don't know Michelle Bobby. I don't. I, I'd start talking, and I get all confused, and then I'd look like an ignorant idiot, and then terrible fear of maybe I'm going to lose something. Like I might lose my job. And you think Jesus only lost? He lost eighty thousand dollars a year because you're fired, right? Now come on, this is real stuff, right? We kind of tiptoe around. Man upstairs. Oh, what do you mean, the man upstairs? It's Jesus. So, what do you do, Pastor? What do you, what do you do, James? Well, I work here, but I'm a full-time pastor. I talk about Jesus. Gee, oh my goodness! Look at him look. Right? It's Jesus. Use that word. <laughs> so, what blocks this fear of? being misunderstood, or the fear of being different. Oh, that's different. You know what? You are. You're peculiar people. That sounds like scripture, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Fear of not being liked or, yeah, 
Well, let me give you a little tip. According to 2 Timothy 1.7, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of... Yeah, there you go. See, you know the word. Sound mind. See, because you're the, the head and not the tail. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Right? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Shall we keep going on? Do you know who you're serving? We're about to find out what it's really going to be like. Really going to be like when he fully unleashes all who he is. Wow. 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 We just think we kind of got a grasp of it. Wow. There's fire in his eyes. What does that mean? We'll get there. Wow. John had to write this down. Right? These scrolls would be like 35 feet long. You, you, you see what I'm saying? How, how he had to get this to us? It wasn't like a little piece of paper, you know, typewriter. No, it was a piece of vellum, animal skin, whatever, or maybe he had papyrus. And he'd write it on, he'd write it down. I mean, can you imagine rolling those things up? Here's the book of Isaiah. I'll roll it. 35 foot. Oh, my gosh. We are blessed to have this. And you know what? Here's a problem we got. I was listening to one of my favorite authors yesterday because Sharon was hurting and it was a bad day. And so I was listening and kind of, it was just a bad day. So anyway, I was listening to my, one of my favorite authors, Jamie Buckingham. He's talking. He goes, you know what the problem really is? He goes, man, us Christians, we are so good at saying, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to be obedient. We are so good with lip service. But when it comes right down to it, That ain't nice, but it's so true. Come on. Do you really believe that Jesus came, died, rose again, so that others could not go to a place of total separation from him, that, that if you just mentioned the name Jesus and they believed, they would be saved? If we really believe that, I really believe that we would be seeing more fruit. Right? and fruit that would remain. So where do I go with this today, Pastor? What do I do? Well, you first, you meditate on God's Word every day. You read it. You have to know who you serve. I know, Pastor, I know, I've heard it about. Let me tell you again, you have to read this. I wish you could live with me. Oh, everybody here could be in my house. Every day, get up, it's 3.30, get out of bed, get out of bed, get out, I just went to bed an hour ago, I don't care, get out, get out of bed, coffee's already brewing, open it up, hold on, hold on, no, 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 not that, this, oh, the Bible, I'm going to read this, it's on my phone, don't look at the phone, because you know what happens, 
my life in my heart. Look at that. Forget it. Get a paperback. Read it. Don't look at me like you don't know what's going on. I'm telling you, it's just going to be you and Jesus. And he's going to say, what did you do with it? John, I got to stop. You got to believe what you read. You read something going, I didn't believe that. Well, you got to believe it. Then you have to absorb it. What do you mean? Well, you read it, you start believing it, and then all of a sudden it starts changing the way you walk. <laughs> now there's, there, there's something, right? Now I'm walking a little bit different because this changes things. You'll start mentioning Jesus now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Jesus loves me. Oh, my gosh. I said, I said Jesus in public. Oh, my gosh. 20 co-workers. Yeah, Jesus helped me. Yeah. That's right. It was Jesus. What do you think about that? You want to know? Uh, not a good one. I got to stop. Right? Or, oh, you know what? Tell me more about that. Right? Then you have to apply it. You do what it says by what? Being obedience. Okay, here's some things, and we'll wrap up and go home for the day. Sound good? Here's some things we're going to learn as we read through Revelation, and I'm going to say this all the time, probably every, every week. Number one, God will destroy all forms of evil. God will destroy all forms of evil. That is good news. That should encourage you because there's a lot of evil in the world. You know, if you don't think so, you got to go down to, down to the, you know, the place down there where they have all the different Mardi Gras and all that. Yeah, there's a lot of evil. Just go downtown Fort Worth. Just, just go down the street in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., just go out. It's bad. It is. I can take you down the south side. My brother used to do all the time, like, thank you, Dad. He'd take me out there, driving down on Colby Street, just to park the car. All right, here we go. Man, it didn't take long. he just pull up. Oh, my gosh. Woo! I mean, hit the overhead. He's like, oh, my God. People hit the ground. Oh, my gosh. He's coming out. Like, oh, my gosh. I'm in the car. I know. Threw me a gun. I want a gun. You're going to stay away from me, man. I want that thing. Are you crazy? There's a lot of evil in the world. It's going to be dealt with. Judgment is inevitable. Patient endurance is encouraged, realizing that Christ is in total control. And those who are faithful to God will find complete spiritual telling you, those who believe in him are special. And then we will not only see, but we will also participate in worship and adoration of God and the Lamb, realizing who God really is. Where you end up in eternity depends on one word, relationship. Would you stand with me? How's your relationship going with Jesus? Chris, would you come and just give me a quart or two just for a second and get out of here? We'll set the thing. Isn't this something how the prophet used to call for? They'd call, get, and they'd send a harpist and start playing, and all of a sudden, God would start moving. But see, right now, there's been something said 
somewhere in this five pages of notes that has struck a chord with me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fear thing. Maybe it's the, are you obeying the Lord? Do you have any sense? I don't know. But the bottom line is, how is your relationship with Jesus? Mine? I'm working on it. I got a long way to go. But I already checked in today. I'm going to check in again as I drive home. Don't think that you got, ah, I got tomorrow, I'll be all right. I'm going to have fun now and then I'll settle down and really love Jesus later because right now I got things I got to do. Don't be foolish. Time is short. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're just not. You're not. It just takes one lift of the weight. buddy three years ago. Man, we spending a good time. We were sweating again, man. Good fun. Walking through his house. Boom. Got dead. Dead. We just had a taco the day before. Crazy man. He loved tacos. He loved Jesus. And his time was up. So how's your relationship with Jesus? I'll wait for a second while you answer that inside your own question. Don't do it for somebody else. Do it for yourself. Because Jesus came for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus forgives Yeah, you can say a prayer and ask Christ into your heart, which is good to do. But how about just believe he's who he said he was? And go, you know, Father, would you come into my heart? Would you, would you come into my heart? He goes, you know what? I've been waiting for you to open the door up. I'm coming. I don't want to leave. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Matter of fact, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone, anyone, opens the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. That's Revelation 3.20. That means he will do it. Just open your heart, God, come on in. And he's on the spot. He's already knocking. Well, we got an assignment. What's our assignment? Read chapter 1 from this book. And share with one person this week. Share this great story that Jesus is.